Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Award-winning director Damon Gamow embarks on a journey to explore what the future could look like by the year 2040 if we simply embrace the best solutions already available to us to improve our planet and shift them rapidly into the mainstream. Structured as a visual letter to his four-year-old daughter, Damon blends traditional documentary with dramatized sequences and high-end visual effects to create a vision board of how these solutions could regenerate the world for future generations. We're joined today by the director of 2040. That would be Damon Gamow. Damon, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to congratulate you on the film uh, for a lot of different reasons, but not the least of which is your approach. Uh, You've taken a very positive approach. I think it's smart of you to talk about this in terms of the existing technologies. So it's not something pie in the sky, something that may or may not happen. And so it grounds this, this documentary in a way that we can all relate to. Tell me how that idea came to you and how just the idea of doing this documentary uh, presented itself to you. Yeah, I think um, the idea of grounding it was very important, especially when you're sort of positing a, a different future. I think it would have been a very, an exercise in terrible pe- parenting if I just sort of made this film for my daughter saying everything is going to be great, we're going to be fine. It was very important that I use this term called fact-based dreaming so that any solution I showed her in the, in the future, in 2040, had to exist now and had to be scalable and doable and practical. So, you know, it rules out all the other potential things we might discover in the next 20 years. But I think what it says to the audience is that we actually have everything we need right now to make this transition. And a lot of people probably aren't aware of that. Um, they think we're waiting for this magic bullet or this, this technology that's going to get us over the line. And it's just not true. And I can say that now categorically after five years of making this film, that it's only the political will and the vested interest that's blocking us from actually making this happen. So that's the first part. The second part is I'd say that I myself was starting to engage with the topic around certain environmental issues. And I, I wondered why. I, I was a father. I cared deeply about my child's future, but I just couldn't connect. I couldn't find an entry point into this constant dystopian narrative that we're fed in the media about, about our future. And the more I researched the psychology around that, I just discovered that, that when we only use that tool to, to wake people up, it does activate parts of our brain, the limbic system. And when that's activated, it shuts down the prefrontal cortex, which is where we problem solve and we think creatively. So we have this case of, of wide-scale paralysis because we're only using this one uh, form of information to get people to take action, which is kind of scaring them. And I think that's not how we work as human beings. What gets us up in the morning is this idea of a better future, a brighter day, hope. And uh, so really I just wanted to throw that narrative alongside the other ones. We need to know the urgency of the situation. There's no doubt about that. But I think um, what might have worked 20 years ago is a a bit harder to work now because we're so saturated with negative stories in the press and and our media across a range of topics that people only have this, this narrow window of tolerance. And again, that's the psychology that says that people disengage and it's too hard and we've all got busy lives and we're all stressed out. To then watch a film about a reef dying or, or soils, you know, it's, we don't have the space for that and it's too hard to engage with unless we're deeply committed to this topic. So I just wanted to try a new tactic, bring in a whole new group of people that, that might not have engaged with this topic. And I think the way to do that is to make it accessible and broad and fun 
and positive and not to shy away from the urgency, but just to, 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 to relay it in a, in a way that isn't traditionally a documentary, which can be, as you know, reverent and dry. And I love docos as much as anyone. But I, this kind of topic, I thought we've got to get everyone to see it. We've got to get kids and grandmas. All, everyone needs to understand the urgency here and, and the solutions are available. And I don't think enough people would watch a traditional documentary like that. So uh, I did that with my first film, which was about sugar. Instead of using this sort of fear narrative, we really said, hey, here's how much better your life could be if you, if you cut out the sugar that you're eating. And that had a, a wonderful response. And the same with 2040. It's, it's been out now for a year in Australia and it's already uh, one of the highest grossing documentaries ever here. But also all the action campaign that we developed off the back of the film has been a real success because people have have been motivated to take action. So a lot of the solutions you see in the film have been brought to life by our audience. Well, let's take that opportunity to plug that part. Of, you can go to your website, which I want to make sure I get correct. What's your 2040.com along with uh, ways in which you can watch the film where it's going to be screening. You also have your action plans and there. And that's another thing about the film that I really enjoyed. And I, I thought was a, very effective was you created Zoe, your your daughter as a as a as she is today and as she will be twenty years from now. So it's it's a kind of a, a nice narrative device to allow us to sort of visualize a future with her in it in twenty forty. So very effective. But let's plug a little bit about the twenty forty website because I want people right from the get go to understand that they can go there, see the film, but also understand how yeah. they can make this a part of their life. Yeah, so I'm sure like you, uh, who's someone who watches a lot of doc documentary, often you feel a very strong emotion at the end of a documentary, whether it's anger or frustration or, or, or joy or inspiration. And there's often not a lot to do with that emotion. And, and quickly we sort of get pulled back into our daily lives or being back on social media and that emotion very quickly dissipates. So um, I did a bit of an experiment with my first film about having these tools for people as soon as they'd seen the film to get involved and actually take action on, on that emotion they were feeling and um, just saw what impact that had. So um, when designing 2040, right from the get-go, um, we developed this outreach platform with about 50 different organisations from around the world that just linked people to getting involved and whatever they particularly resonated within the film. So we set up what's called like an action plan. So we ask you some questions about the type of person you are, uh, what you're interested in, what you connected within the film. So instead of being really prescriptive and we say to people, you know, eat less meat, ride your bike to work and, and change your light globes. That's not going to resonate with everyone. So we really try to do this sort of questionnaire that really d dives down on the people's specific preferences. And then we give you six or seven things that you can do after you've seen the film that relate to your own interests and passion. And I think that's why we've had such wonderful uh, response there. We've, you know, the seaweed platform that you've seen in the film, that's been built and brought to life uh, or it's being built at the moment by people's donations on the outreach platform. Or the microgrids, we did an equity crowdfund that raised almost a million dollars in three weeks because it gave people something to do that they connected with. And we've had now 950,000 kids around the country have been taught the 2040 curriculum materials because teachers were like, oh, thank you. I've got these resources after seeing the film and I'm going to use them for my students. So I think there's a lot of learning there around giving people things to do at a time of this crisis. And right. It comes back to motivating them, but also giving them actions instead of constantly creating fear and, and making them feel completely disempowered. Let's really change that up and make sure that they can get involved because there are, there's so many things that they can do. Right. And just speaking personally, I am someone who's been involved in politics. I used to manage campaigns. 
I've been, uh, I've obviously watched a lot of uh, documentary films. I watched 120 documentaries last year. So, <laughs> so I, I know how you can come away from this just, mm. uh, you know, sort of uh, avalanche of information and not yeah. know how to process it other than a, sort of at an intellectual level. But you're right, the emotive level is really where we need to be. Mm. And that's another thing about the film that I think is particularly well done and structured in the, in the way that not only is Zoe our, you know, at her age now and in and, and, and 2040, but you bring in interviews with kids from around the world. So that isn't, it, it, it's, you're constantly sort of looking outward in this film. We're constantly seeing how the world can be. And through the eyes of these children, hearing their thoughts about how, what they would like to change in the world. It just, it's yeah. sort of continually positive reinforcement in terms of people's reaction to what you've done here. And I, mm -hmm. I really appreciate it because I know just, I know how bad it is. <laughs> From after ever watching 120 documentaries, I know how bad things can be. So yes. this is a really smart, I'll say it again, a smart approach. And I think something that will resonate. So on that note, it sounds like it is resonating. You can tell me in real time how it is yeah. resonating, right? Yeah, that's been extraordinary. Like I said, yeah. you know, not only the box office stuff, not only the amount of council screenings we've done in Australia and around the world and different politicians that have rung me up from around the world, really famous bands have used the clips on, on, on their screens for stage shows. Um, we took the film to the UN Climate Action Summit in September and they actually mapped some of the film to the walls of the General Assembly and played it to world leaders. Like, you know... It's just because there's no one doing this stuff. No one is um, sharing this vision of a better world. And I don't know why, but I just hope that that's, that's, that's a tool that's now used because how do we expect people to move if they can't see what it's going to look like or get them excited? If we don't do that, they're going to keep retreating into fear because we're using this narrative of depravity. They've got to sacrifice. They've got to give things up. Whereas I think we can, we can actually create a better world and have yeah. stronger communities and healthier food and cleaner air. We're sort of seeing that now in the pandemic that, as we sort of slow down that, you know, there are some positives to that, you know, and we do connect and we're doing less and we're not spending as much. We don't need all this stuff that we're constantly told we need. And, and that's the stuff that's destroying us and destroying our planet and our home. So um, I think, you know, we've got to tell new stories about that to bring people in other than just telling them it's, it's all horrible. And, and, and sadly, that's what our Hollywood films are. You think of most futuristic films, there's no nature, uh, there's all humans living in slums, invariably being controlled by robots. Like, yeah. that's not, that is one pathway, but there's multiple pathways. And I think it's important to throw up these other ideas and visions that we can plant in children's minds, right. in their subconscious, to say, oh, no, we can have beautiful rooftop gardens and, and less traffic in the city. That's all also a possibility. Um, but we've got to do that quickly because otherwise we're going to march into this more dystopian world if we're not careful. Yeah, and the other thing uh, that when you were talking about the UN, your experience at the UN, I think we often take for granted that everybody knows ev that everything we know. <laughs> yes, definitely. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. who knows who is watching this in, in a significant world body of leadership yeah. who may have not known some of these things. And, known, and now they know that they are they're doable, they're scalable, they're currently yeah. available. And maybe That's, just maybe they take some of that money that they're gonna spend on oil production and spend it on something that they see you have done. Uh, that's already happened and I can, I can say that's already happened in some regions and, and even what's happening with seaweed now around the world, the amount of impact investors that have come to us 
the amount of platforms that are getting built now, not just in Australia, but in different parts of the world. There's a global seaweed symposium that's happened this year. So many people that didn't even know that idea existed, they now know about that because of the film, which is just such a wonderful thing. And, and that's the idea of that's why we've got to make these, these films and tell these stories because people just don't know about them. And once they know about them, then you unleash their own creativity and their interest and bang, who knows what can happen. And that's where I think storytellers play a really important role right now, that especially with these issues, we've relied too long on the scientists and the data and the facts and the logic. And that's not how we're moved as human beings. You know that we've evolved to tell stories. And we're living in a story right now that says something, but we've got to have interventions on that and say, let's write a new story for all of us collectively and all of our living systems. Right. And one small anecdote in my perception of the, the world that I live in, it's what you were talking about earlier is we have this compulsion to, to spend money, you know, on things. I call it the bed, bath and beyond syndrome, like on Saturday morning, couples and families load into their car, they drive to Home Depot or, or Bed Bath & Beyond or, or Kmart or not, whatever it is, just because mm -hmm. they think that's the thing that they're supposed to do on Saturday morning. And at least in, in where I live, that seems to be the case. Yeah. And I mean, there's, the traffic is worse on Saturday than it is on Monday sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, what are these people buying? Everybody I know is doing Zoom now and we're not in yeah. our cars as much. So. I want people to see 2040. This film is, uh, uh, it'll be a, a shot of adrenaline in a, in a very good way for people to see this film and really come away uh, thinking we can, we got, we got this if we want to. And it, it does come down to political will. It does yeah. come down to ending fossil fuel subsidies. Mm -hmm. It comes down to there's some really hard political decisions that have to happen. Empowering women. I've been saying this for a, a long time. If we had a system where we were putting women in schools, just as you described in the, in the film, that is one of the key ways to change the world. Also, I've been of the mind, if we had a, a living wage for around the world that was scalable for a living wage around the world, it would immediately take away so much of the abuse of the planet by yeah. doing that. Those are the yeah. my two. My, those are my two issues. You didn't address the the, the living wage. Well, I think what's what that, great is right now we're seeing that happen. I mean, we're seeing. I think Spain are going to implement a universal basic income. We've got a conservative government here who has, you know, been more socialist than any government in history here because of this time. Right. And we've realised that we're going to need these safety nets in some yeah. way. We're going to have more shocks, whether they're pandemic or climate related. We need that safety mechanism, and we've got these income inequality levels now that are completely destabilising our societies right. and fragmenting how we interact, that this is such a smart solution. So I, I agree with you. And I was, again, th there was so much I had to leave out of this film. It was um, the first cut was three and a half hours. But yeah, <laughs> that was one of the things we had in there was the, you know, this, the, the, the rules of the game, the economic structures, all these things that are destroying the planet, but also destabilising us socially they need to be addressed as well if we're going right. to turn things around. Right. We've got to get you guys off coal. And once we do that, we've, we've got to get off fossil fuel, shale. We've got to get off all this stuff. We've got to get you guys off coal. And um, we're going to be a lot better off. And I really appreciate this film. I really thank you, uh, Damon Gamo, for, for your film, 2040. You can again go to whatsyour2040.com to find out more about the film. Anything you want to leave us with before we say goodbye? No, I just think now is a great time to share it and watch it. And I made it for the whole family in mind. So, you know, if you do have um, younger generation that do feel a bit of anxiety about the times right now, 
this is for them as well. It's to show them that people do care. There's lots of people out there that are trying to make and give them a better future. Right. And when you go to the site, you can see uh, the screenings that are coming up on June 5th. You're going to be doing a lot of virtual Q&As for these screenings. So, Yeah. And they've all got specific themes. So there's ones just on with some ocean experts. There's one, we've got Paul Hawken and Kate Rayworth for the opening. Then there's ones about empowering girls. There's one around regen ag. So they're on specific areas, whatever you're interested in, there's going to be really great guests to talk after the film. And I completely left that part out in our conversation. You had great people in the film, great uh, scientists and physicists and all kinds of different uh, disciplines. And it's just a terrific watch. So 2040, Go to whatsyour2040.com to find out more about it. Thank you, Damon Gummo, for your time today. It's been, I'm sure it's been a busy morning for you, so I'll let you get back to your life and appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.